Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Just Browsing. Matthew, along with Zach today, and I think we're going to bring you a little college football recap slash look ahead. Um, college football is kind of hard to look look ahead to, though, because so many kids are going to enter the trans or have already entered the transfer portal, and the draft is here in two more two, nah, two and a half more months, mm-hmm. and yeah. You know, you get freshmen that we have no clue about. Well, so what I was going to say is we'll do our – the recap will be easier. The look ahead is going to be – a couple things I wanted to get into. See you, like, national champions. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Sure, sure. Uh, <laughs> hey, if TCU could make it and then have that performance, CU could make it and have that same performance. So you're looking to lose 65-7 to in the championship hey, game? Is that what you're saying? Going from 1-11 and to the national championship game the next year, I will take it. Fair, fair. Even fair to point. lose sixty six to nothing, seventy seven to nothing. <laughs> fair point. We went from one eleven national championship game. Well, so what I was going to say is the the recap should be a lot simpler. The look ahead, I, I wanted to kind of get into like the college football playoff expansion and when that's really happening, all the conference realignment stuff because. I keep needing to like dive more into that because I keep just hearing them talk about it a little bit, and I'm not like I need to sit down and like read like okay, what the fuck's what's actually happening? So, Who's changing conferences? All that good stuff, and I just haven't sat down and so taken USC the time to do and it, UCLA but. are moving not this upcoming season, but the season after they're moving to the Big Ten. You said USC and UCLA. Yeah, makes a lot of sense, right? That they're moving to the Big Ten. Yeah, two teams on the West Coast are moving out to the Midwest and the Big Ten Conference where they play at noon, which is going to be 9 a.m. in California. Okay. And then or no, <laughs> it'll be 10 a.m. in California. Who else is? Or 9 a.m., I guess, too. <laughs> Who else is changing conferences? Houston. Texas, right? Is Te- oh, Texas and Oklahoma are going to go get throttled in the SEC. They're going to the SEC. They're, you know what's funny? Is, is this all happening next year? I think Texas and Oklahoma. No, I don't. I think they're moving the year after as well. So it'd be like the 2025 season? 2024. Yeah. So this upcoming one would be 2023. It'd be the 2024 season. Right. And they're about to move in. And I don't know the full realignment if SEC is going to continue to have two divisions. But like this year, the Pac-12 was smart. And they got rid of the North and South. And they just made it. The two best teams will play in the the, the conference championship. So they just, you know. One through twelve, which is the way it should be. Um, so I don't know if the SEC is going to get rid of that because they're going to have sixteen teams, I believe, which would is going to make that an absolutely like, I mean, it's already the power conference of football, but you're adding Texas and Oklahoma, but they're going to come in, and I think Texas and Oklahoma will be either bottom dwellers or middle of the pack in the SEC. So, and this is another thing I was just looking up because I could not remember exactly where they landed with this. So, this is an article from ESPN, December 1st of last year. Um, the college football playoff announced Thursday it will expand the sports postseason to 12 teams in time for the 2024 and 2025 seasons. So, I take that to mean this upcoming college football season, it's going to expand. No. One more year. Well, because it says... Oh, fuck. I keep forgetting that it's only... it's. The, the switch to 2023 is really fucking me up. Plus the whole like college football calendar, like right. Well, the, you got to remember college the, football the, the, the technically sports, ends. Yeah, in the, the sports calendar is always weird. Same thing for NFL. Well, really in NBA and like a lot of sports, basically is like it's the it's 2022 to 2023 season. 
right. this season will be the 2023 to 2024 season because it's like most of it gets played in 2023. The championship gets played in right. 2024. So technically the Broncos won the Super Bowl in 2015. Yeah. But the game was played in 2016. That's right. That's like, right. Yeah. And, and you're like, well, that doesn't make sense. And I was like, well, it always the is season we- ends on like Christmas or like New Year's. And then it's just the playoffs so afterwards. That that always throws me for a loop too, because like when you say the Broncos won the Super Bowl in, are you supposed to say twenty fifteen or twenty six? Like how is it listed when you it, look it up by year? It's fifteen sixteen, right? Like they don't just do like yeah. a solid like year. But I, the way I would see it would be they won it in twenty fifteen because that's when the regular that's, season was. That that's was when, when the season, season was played. Started right, right. right. So, so yeah, like they were the twenty fifteen. I mean, champions. like look at the Avalanche, right? They won the Stanley Cup in June of twenty twenty two, but because they go from October. I guess you could say September in some cases to June. It's the 2022 Stanley Cup champions. But that was the 2021 season? It was the 21-22 season. Okay. But they're listed as the 2022 Stanley right. Cup. Because the champions. the whole playoff, like half their season is still, yeah. you know, competed for in 2022. It's a long fucking season, man. Just like the NBA. 82 games. So like the NBA, right? Um, the Warriors won in 2022. Like, it's not going to be – it would be, yeah, the 21-22 season, but realistically they won the championship in the 2022 year. Yeah, that and always the, fucks me And the me 21 up. champions were, what, the Bucks. Mm, yeah. They're the they're our last champions, right? The Bucks won it last year? Or no, it was no, the Warriors, Warriors last year. Warriors won it last year. Before that, Before it was that, the Bucks. Yeah. yeah, that's right. But so, like, college, I think, because they have, like, the New Year's Six Bowls, which are the biggest bowls, and then right. they have the national championship – it's like it's really all played in one year, more or less. Besides a few yeah, it, bowl it games, ekes, it ekes over right. into the next year by just a little bit. Um, so okay, so next year, so not in the twenty twenty three to twenty twenty four season, but in the twenty twenty four to twenty twenty five season, it's going to expand from four teams in the playoff to twelve. Right. So for two years at least, it'll be a twelve year experiment of. Is that how they're doing it? It's just for two years they're going to try 12 teams and, and then see like how that – I, I find it so curious that they the Rose Bowl was the one that was like holding things up from what I was understanding. They had to get permission from the Rose Bowl to do this, hmm. to expand it. So once the Rose Bowl said, yeah, you could do it for 24 and 25, that's what they got the okay for so far. I think there's probably room that they could be like, okay, 12's too many, right? We got to – come back a few games to where they might cut it down to eight or something that's what i was gonna say is i'm curious why they didn't just go eight first and see how that because it seemed like that would have pleased all of the proponents of like hey four is too few we really need to get in a few more teams that you know like this year would have been a perfect example like uh, alabama would have been included in the in the playoff this year right if there was eight teams and and not just four but you're also saying, okay, we're so we're including more teams than just the original four, but we're not getting to this point where there's like we're we're tacking on so many extra games onto the season because the playoff is so big because right. we have twelve or however many teams in it. That's why I'm kind of curious they didn't go eight first and they just went fuck it, we're going straight to twelve. But I, think, I guess I think a lot like you of said, it, if it's a two year experiment, maybe they go twelve. They say, uh, you know, judging by like if a lot more injuries happen or I don't know what sort of factors they'd be looking at. We need to bump the games back a little bit. Let's just do eight instead of 12. I guess they could always do that. But I mean, let's be real. They're, they're looking at the money. Yeah. I mean, and, that's, that's the bottom and line. And 12 right? is yeah. going to make them more money in the long run, especially when you, if you get like 
maybe you get Georgia LSU first round or something, you know, like a 112 or, or however this would work in like a bracket. Maybe one and two each get a bye week or something. And But like, it's money. And it's one of those, the NCAA is just, they're the biggest fucking business in the world besides like the NFL. So they're going to make a lot more money with having those two extra games than they would with just, you know, four. So six is a lot more money than four, but it it also comes down to like, then you have the media rights. How long can you go over? Because then the NFL season rolls over into Saturday games as soon as college football is done. And so is the way I'm thinking about this correct in that right now with the college football playoff at four teams, so the teams that are in the playoff, playoffs. they play a 12-game regular season, right? They will probably all play in a conference championship game at least three i would say play in a conference championship so there's a 13th game then they have a 14th game is the initial round of the playoff their 15th game of the season is the national title game right obviously if you're upping that to 12 team playoff we're bumping that i mean how many extra games are you tacking on at that point for these teams it's like it'd be an extra it's like becoming rounds it's it's becoming an nfl regular season at this point this is a lot of fucking games well so i guess it becomes they're going to have to do a bye because you're going to go from 12 teams down to six, which doesn't make very much sense as, as far as a bracket goes. I was going to say, I'd have to look at a bracket so it's, and see how it would It's probably going to go 10 games. Well, it'll be 10 there, teams there's, there's, there's and no, then it has to There's funnel. no plan on like reducing the regular season. Right. Well, you can't as long as there's bowls. As long as the BCS that, is still, still controlling that with the bowls. Game. There's that six right. win like moniker. Six, of, like, now six you gets you eligible yeah. for like become bowl eligible. Some yeah. five and seven teams, but if you're a certain school, you're like, well, wait a second. We need our we need to play our twelfth game. We're sitting at five and seven right now. You know, we want to get these you know boys to a bowl game. They're like, nah, we don't. No one wants to play you. Or per, that was that was New Mexico State this year. Actually, they right. were. What would it, they have been? I think they would have been five and seven. Five and seven. Well, I think or no, five four. and six. Because they were, I think they were, one of their games yeah. was like, I mean, we have two computers here. <laughs> we do this so. all the fucking time. Um, they were five and six, I think. They were looking for their – because one of their games, it was against like – who was it? Fresno State? That doesn't sound right. I, I knew this. I was just talking about this with someone the other day. But that game got moved because of a tragic they death. Were, they were seven and the, six. One of the uh, seven and six they finished with. So San Jose State was postponed. San Jose State, that's yeah. Um, so they had won five games when the season ended, and that San Jose State game was being rescheduled, but it hadn't been rescheduled, and it sounds like they weren't going to make it happen. So then New Mexico State was like, "Hey, we want to be bowl eligible. We need to schedule another game." So they scheduled a game against. You have it in front of you. It's Valparaiso. A, yeah, it was a it was a D one double A team. They kicked the shit out of them. That was their sixth win. But there's this thing where like you have to have six wins against D one single A opponents. So that D one double A win that they had didn't count. But they made an appeal to the NCAA and said, "Hey, can we still be bowl eligible? We had these extenuating circumstances." Our game had to be postponed, and the NCAA was like, yeah, we have open slots for bowls. You can be bowl eligible. And right. they went and won their bowl game. They won the, so shout out to the Quick Aggies. Lane Bowl yeah, against, against Bowling, Bowling Green, Green. Um, which was actually a really good game to watch. Shout out to my alma mater, the, the And Aggies. I actually picked them. 
Shout out to oh, my yeah. alma mater, Western, for coming in second in the RMAC. <laughs> to the eventual national championship runner-ups, who got absolutely destroyed in the Division II national championship game to Ferris State. That's the Colorado School of Mines, which is my brother's alma mater. Ferris State versus Colorado School of Mines. Yeah, and apparently Ferris State had like 11 D1 transfers that transferred down to D2. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, they're like, this guy started for Alabama for six years, and everyone's like, what? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, Ferris State gave him a contract. Like, uh, they gave him a, a he's, scholarship. He has a 2,000-yard season as yeah. a running back at Ferris State now. And he's a dual-threat quarterback, actually. <laughs> so he had 14,000 touchdowns. Too. Everyone's like, that doesn't make sense. I'm like, yeah, but they won national championship games. So. Well, that's a good segue into um, probably just doing a quick recap of how the college football playoff results – shook out this year um so the i have the the championship <coughs> results up here for the last so i do this every year in all of the major sports that i watch like when it comes time for the championship game i'm like wait who won last year and the year before and i always just look at like the last five to ten years to be like oh yeah i forgot that happened and that happened whatever whatever if it's football just be like i think alabama won last year <laughs> yeah because yeah. you're pretty much if you guess bama be... or georgia you're pretty much right so I pulled up the this is the 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 previous list of championship game matchups and who the victor was for college football. Um the playoff starting in the 2014 to 15 season. Um and we can go over I want to get into the semifinal matchups for this year too, but we don't have to do that for every single year, but No, nah, it'd be um, really long. Ohio State beat Oregon in the initial college football playoff experiment. Um so they were the champions in 14-15 and 15-16 Bama beat Clemson. Um, oh, and by the way, the Ohio State Oregon score was forty-two to twenty. The Bama Clemson game was forty-five to forty, and this is where we're getting into. So Bama and Clemson played in the championship game the in dynasties. back-to-back years, and and they also matched up in the semifinal round in the, like a third year, I think. There, and we watched all of those games. There's fucking crazy yeah. matchup those three years in a row. Anyway, Hunter Renfro coming in clutch, dude. Uh, so fifteen sixteen. So the second year of the college football playoff, Bama beats Clemson 45-40. 16-17, third year of the playoff, Clemson beats Bama 35-31. So both of those games really close. 17-18, Bama plays Georgia. It's a 26-23 overtime win for Bama. That was when uh, Tua came in off the bench for Jalen and put Jalen yeah. Hurts on the bench. Crazy. Craziness. And then they won that, and we're all like, what just fucking happened? Craziness. Speaking dude. of Bama real quick, just to interject yeah, on yeah, that. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. They had Jalen Hurts and Tua Tagovailoa as their two quarterbacks. At one point, they had Jerry Judy, Devontae Smith. Um, oh, fuck. <laughs> now I'm going to forget all the names. Um Oh, it was the most nasty fucking receiver room, and now I'm forgetting all the names. Jalen Rieger, I think. No, he wasn't there. Fuck, I'm forgetting this. But it was like, oh, Jalen Waddle. That's who I was thinking okay. of. Um, fuck, they had like two more receivers that are now like top ten receivers in the NFL. Well, and they've had years like that with running backs too, where like right. at the same time they've had like, like Najee Harris, two and future first Derek round, Henry. yeah, fucking running backs and Mark Ingram. Yeah, it's preposterous. And Richardson, ah, uh, he's. Fucking trash. <laughs> You're like and, and Eddie Lacy. Oh, but he's fucking like 600 pounds. And now. then, um, eighteen nineteen, Clemson beats Bama forty four to sixteen. Yeah. So that was the blowout year. It was a boring national title game to watch, but it was everyone it was who's a good not a Bama fan is, is was happy about that result. So I mean, that is three times that Clemson Bama had met in the actual title in game in an eight year span. 
well, at that point, in a one, two, three, four, five-year span, right. which is fucking nuts. Uh, nineteen twenty. This was the LSU over Clemson game, forty-two to twenty-five. This is the Joe Burrow LSU team that was just talk about Justin disgusting. Jefferson, Jamar Chase, disgusting dude. Clyde Edwards Alaire. Which here in a second, we should pull up Burrow's stats from that year because they're fucking insanity. He was terrible. Um, twenty to twenty-one. Bama beats Ohio State fifty-two to twenty-four. Last year, twenty-one to twenty-two, Georgia beats Bama thirty-three to eighteen, and then this year's result: Georgia beat TCU sixty-five to seven in the national title game this year to win their back-to-back national titles. Um, so we're now at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine years worth of data here for the college football playoff experiment. Um, and you have lots of Georgia, lots of Bama, lots of Clemson, a little bit of Ohio State sprinkled in there. Um, it's, it's Lots been, of SEC. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. have what? Georgia's won two in a row. Bama's won three. And LSU won one, so that's what six national titles that have gone to the SEC. So here, here's a quick little like summary of it. Most playoff appearances, Bama has seven. So in nine and, years, and they've three been wins, in the though, playoff right? seven. Uh, I believe three wins. Yeah, I I could go back to the screen here. Um, most playoff wins. So this would be semifinal matchups plus championship game wins. Bama has nine. They've won three titles. That's the most championships. Yeah. Uh, conferences with the most appearances, the SEC has 10. The SEC also has the most conference or it has the most game wins in the college football playoff with 14. And they have six titles. So they have the most titles. So the SEC. Right, so Georgia is two, Bama three, LSU one. Yeah, that's, that's six of them. Six right out there. of eight years. Yeah, six out of or yeah, nine, nine years. years at this point. And Ohio State yeah. has one. So that's big. Big Ten with one, and then and I think Clemson, Clemson has, has two. two. Yeah, yeah. So you have the ACC with two, the SEC with six, and the Big Ten with one, mm-hmm. and the Pac-12 with one next year. <laughs> Skull buff. Um. So I wanted to get into. So obviously we just said um, Georgia beat TCU sixty-five to seven in the national <sighs> title game this year. The um, Playoff semifinal games, the Fiesta Bowl. So to get to that college football national championship matchup, TCU beat Michigan fifty-one to forty-five. So in a really fun game, I was going to say both of the semifinal games super exciting. The national title game, big letdown. But so TCU defeats Michigan in a year where I thought honestly Harbaugh had a pretty damn good shot of winning it this year, especially so with no Bama in I the wa- way. I wanted to see. It sucks because Blake Corum, who I believe is the best player in the country, the running back, of course he was hurt. Uh, if they had him, obviously it, it changes the dynamics a, of that yeah. team because that team is a – as they've beaten Ohio State in the past two years, they do it with their, their fucking run game. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's impressive. But they lost him, so it would have been nice to see him in there. But at the same time, it's college football – you're in your Michigan. You probably have a four star or five star running back just chilling on your bench. Like, yeah, it's not like I mean you're gonna miss him, but it's like you can usher in a young kid, and that young kid all of a sudden, you, like with Bama, yeah, with Tua Tagovailoa, all of a sudden it's like, 
oh, Jalen Hurts is washed. Tua comes in, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, the next year Jalen Hurts takes Oklahoma to the playoff. And yeah. it's like, oh, well. And Tua goes on to be like a Heisman level right. fucking But it's like yeah. you can have that on your bench. You just need a star player to get hurt to realize you have a better player. Right. So TCU wins this close game against Michigan, 51-45, to to make it to the national title game. Georgia beat – just barely squeaks by Ohio State, forty-two with to forty-one. Field goal. Yeah, with a missed field goal um, at the, the very last second from Ohio State, and Georgia goes on to obviously make the title game and just absolutely demolish TCU for their back-to-back. In title. the most lopsided beating of a college football game that has like meaningful value since CU lost the. Big 12 championship game, like 70-3 to three to Vince Young in Texas. Well, so I was going to say, it's really the only – we were just going through the list of the national title game results of the last nine years. Other than that Clemson beatdown of Bama a few years ago where it was like 44-10 to 10 or 44-16 to 16 right. or whatever it was, they're usually pretty close games. Right. It's usually so, the true best two right. teams. In the- and this year was just – I mean, I think – Looking back in hindsight, what TCU pulled off this year was kind of a miracle to make it all the way to the national title game. With how many wins they had where they had to come from behind. And like win at the last second win field goal in, yeah, or something. In the very, very last seconds of the game. And then lose their conference yet still make it. Here's the thing. Georgia was by far and away the number one team all year this year. They just fucking steamrolled. You could argue through the seat. They looked so good yeah, you, all you year You could long. argue that this was probably one of, if not the best college football teams ever assembled. Agreed. Agreed. The, honestly, right now, the only team I could think of that could rival them would be that LSU team. In that 2019. 2019 LSU team, yeah. Well, speaking of that real quick, while you asked to go through that, Joe Burrow had 5,600 yards on 76% completions. With 60 touchdowns and six interceptions. <laughs> he also had 368 yards rushing and five TDs. All while he had two receivers by the names no one will recognize, Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, each <laughs> going for over 1,500 yards. 20 touchdowns and 18, Jesus. respectively. Oh, my God. And then just goes on to win a national title. Play, and, plays in a Super Bowl in his – was that well, his first year No, last he tears year? his ACL oh, that's in right. his rookie he had the year. ACL and then year, they yeah. come back and they go to the Super Bowl last year in a year that everyone's like, who the fuck are the right. Bengals? Who are the Bengals, yeah. And, and might fucking make the Super Bowl this year. Bro, I wanted Stafford to get a ring. That dude deserved me it. Me too. Don't me get too. me wrong. Yeah. But I don't like Jalen Ramsey. I'm not a big Aaron Donald fan. Yeah. I don't – I didn't like Odell. There's very – who does? Like, besides Stafford, I didn't really care for many people on that team. Yeah. I liked Vaughn. I was going to say Vaughn Miller. glad yeah. Vaughn got a ring, yeah. another ring. Um, but watching that – I've watched multiple replays, and there's a lot there of, like, different angles. If Joe Burrow saw Jamar Chase, the Bengals would be the defending Super Bowl champions. He was wide open. <laughs> he was fucking wide open, and he would have scored a touchdown. Dude, I kind of want them to fucking make it this year again. <laughs> Dude, I uh, I fucking – I hate the Chiefs. One, I'm a diehard Broncos fan, so I have yeah. to hate the Chiefs. Yeah. And two, Joe Burrow deserves to fucking win a Super Bowl. I think I, I, I think, think it would be good for the NFL for him to win a Super Bowl this early I, in his career. I agree. Well, and I think that's a guy – and we can save this because we're going to do an NFL podcast next. but After the Super Bowl. Yeah, after the Super Bowl. But um, Or we could do a live watch. No. Nah. I get two into the game. Yeah, yeah. They're big. Why is everyone? Well, so we quiet? could do we could do a Super Bowl preview. We did that last year. Yeah. If you want to do that, um, so we can we can save some of this discussion for that podcast. But I think that's a guy in Joe Burrow that we're going to see 
playing for multiple Super Bowls, I think, by the time his career's all said and done. Honestly, I don't think I would say playing. I would say winning. Well, see, that's why I'm 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 giving myself some error, some like you know error room here of just saying like he's gonna play for some Super Bowls. I'm not gonna say he's gonna win them all. Well, yeah, like, he he won't win them all. Obviously, he's zero for one. Right, but right. He, I definitely think he will win at least two Super Bowls in his career if he, you know, hopefully he stays yeah. healthy because he is a generational talent and everything. Shit, you got to think like if a fucking Ben Roethlisberger and an Eli Manning can come out of their career with two titles, then. Hopefully Joe Burrow. You can, can think get of Mr. Irrelevant. Brock Purdy can lead the 49ers to the NFC Championship game too. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So anyway, back to what we were talking about. Um, so this is just here's Georgia's season this year, right? Leading up to their their back to back national titles over TCU. They start off the year. They beat a number eleven preseason ranked Oregon, forty nine to three. Not even fucking close. Dude, I remember watching. That was one of those like the Chick Fil A kickoff games. Yeah, and you know everyone's like everyone's oh, all hype. hype for the college it's like, season. Like oh, yeah. Oregon, yeah. Georgia. This should be a smackdown. And, yeah, Georgia's like no, 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 no. We're for real. Uh, their second game against Samford. No one knows who Samford is. Thirty-three nothing. They were just like, hey, Samford, can we <laughs> beat the living shit out of you? And Samford's like, it'll cost you five million. And Georgia's <laughs> like, we were gonna give you Done. six. <laughs> Third game, South Carolina. It's a forty-eight to seven victory. Kent State. 39 to 22. So Kent State put up 22 points on Georgia. Missouri, 26 to 22. So a relatively tight game against an unranked Missouri team. Against Auburn, 42 to 10. Vanderbilt, 55 0. Yikes. Uh, against a pretty good, well, started the first half of the year pretty well, Florida team, 42 to 20. They play Tennessee win 27 to 13. At the time, number one Tennessee. Yeah, at the, at the time, Georgia had gotten bumped from the rankings by Tennessee, who was currently ranked number one that They had week. just beaten Bama. Right, and yeah. and Georgia was like, let me go ahead and reassure you who's the fucking number one team in the nation, 27-13 dub. Uh, Mississippi State, 45-19. to Kentucky, 16-6. to That's kind of a weird game there. Um, Another team that started out really hot was Kentucky, though. They were yes. like a top – seven team or something and then they just like fell apart um georgia tech 37 to 14 then they go to the sec championship game against lsu and just blow the doors off lsu 50 to 30 then we have obviously what we just talked about they eke by ohio state in a 42 to 41 victory in the in the uh semifinal of the college football playoff and then they go on to beat tcu 65 to 7 in the national title game so it's like i mean other than a couple of weeks there where they had these like weird fluke games where they were playing teams that they probably should have blown out and they were kind of in a relatively close game against them, I mean, they were kicking the shit out of really good teams. I mean, I will say this, though, just for the people at home not looking at their computers or whatever, there are only three ranked teams that they played and two of those were in the regular season. One was Oregon to start the season at num- and they were 11, and I believe Georgia was probably number one or two. Um, and then they played number one Tennessee when I think Georgia was still like second or something. They were third, and then think, they yeah. played LSU, who was fourteenth in the the SEC championship game. So that's not downplaying the SEC because the SEC, like most of those SEC teams, even like Vanderbilt, can probably compete in like the Big Twelve and the ACC. They could probably compete pretty well. Um, it's just the SEC, and it's just that's fucking football. That and the Big Ten are the two college football fucking conferences where it's like. Any given day, the bottom tier team can just come in and win. Mm-hmm. Like they're they all have that good of talent in those conferences. 
Um, but I will say it's not like they played eight ranked opponents and just ran through them. But they they did what they needed to do. And then when <laughs> that is a fair point in the national so, championship game, though, they were like, "Hey, you're, you're yeah. we're here, and you guys we're, are like, yeah. you know, down." There's here. a definitely a a weight class difference between a Georgia and a TCU. And, and um, oh, I just just space his name. The TCU coach, um, he even came out and he goes, "Well." What we learned is that there's levels, and we're not at that level just yet. Yeah. But, you know. But you got there. This is not to take anything away from TCU, because what they did was awesome. Their season was incredible for what they pulled off. But kind of like to what you were just saying, their coach said, there's the SEC is just a different level of football. And there's a reason why they dominate every year. And we just read off the statistics. And in the nine years it's been since the college football playoff started, the SEC has all of those records. They've won the most titles. They have the most uh, appearances. appearances. They've wins. won the most games. All that stuff. Yep. There's a reason for that. The SEC has some fucking ridiculously good teams year in and year out. And recently, Bama and Georgia are just kind of just trading places each year be- be- between being like, hey, we're we're top dog. No, 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 we're top dog. It kind of seems like there might be a little bit of a shift happening where like Georgia – of course – I don't know. We thought that was kind of happening with Clemson as well. And in the last couple of seasons, Clemson's fallen off of their mountain peak a little bit. Um, Bama still staying really fucking consistent. I, I was going to say, Bama still – I mean, they lost two games. They lost to Tennessee, and then they lost to – Well, because I have it pulled up right now. I was actually going to go through Bama next. Because to your point, Georgia not playing any really any ranked opponents. So Bama in the regular season played one, two, three, four – Five, five ranked opponents, and then in their bowl game, obviously that'd be a six. They played Kansas State, who was ranked number nine. Who was the only team until Georgia to beat TCU. Yeah, so it's like, I mean, Bama, you could argue their schedule was tougher, which I have said on this podcast before is a thing that frequently pisses me off is you look at the Alabama schedule each year and you're like, why are they just playing like patty cakes? Like this is the best team in the nation. Can we – Pit them up against some actually right, challenging like opponents. A Utah State, uh, and, and again, these this isn't to dog on any of these programs, but Utah State coming out of the the Mountain West isn't going to hang with yeah with no. Alabama. University of Louisiana Monroe, maybe if we're playing NCAA twenty fourteen on our um, <laughs> dynasty account, it'll compete. Not going to compete. Austin P. I always call it PV, but there's no V in there. Just P. Um, Austin P. Who the fuck is that? Like, that's three cushion games. Right. Not to mention, for Alabama, again, you know, yeah, they, they played a very tough schedule, but they also should have lost to Texas A&M. They well, should have lost easily, to Texas. Easily could have lost to Texas. Like, they eked by and won by they, one point against Texas. They the didn't, game. but they you know, if you go back and you watch those games and you watch some of the calls that happened and didn't happen, you're like, okay, they could have fucking lost because that call went their way. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't have, you know. But then they lose an overtime game at LSU and then they lose that game at Tennessee. It's like, okay, you lose on the road to the number six and ten ranked schools. But they didn't really, like, blow anybody out of the water that they should have. Or, like, they that they you would hope they would. Like, Texas, yeah. I kind of hope they were just – 45 to 17 or something was what I was kind of expecting. Yeah. And they fucking dropped an egg, and everyone's like, maybe Alabama's not all it. Right. So that's why I was kind of saying it's it, it'll be interesting to see if, like, is there a little bit of a changing of the guard, and Georgia is now going to be, you know, rattle off 
three to four more titles in the next eight years or whatever, and Bama is always playing second fiddle or something like that. Who knows? Colorado's coming in. This this is a weird year where we had Bama not in the playoff. I think most college football fans, if you're not a Bama fan, every time the college football playoff rankings are announced, are thrilled to not see Bama in there. Although they were making us really nervous towards the end of the year because there were some scenarios that were playing out that could have led to Bama sneaking their way into the playoff this year, which would have been infuriating, but they didn't, thankfully. Um, But, I mean, you know, if Bama plays Georgia in the national title game versus, you know, rather than TCU, that is a lot more interesting of a game, obviously. Right. Um, So, to jump ship kind of on this year, though, and to do like a look ahead, this is where I would, like, I'm really going to enjoy the playoff. When you have twelve teams, because this is these are the matchups we would have had. Oh yeah, okay. We would have had a Georgia versus Washington. So it's so obviously you know we're gonna go top versus bottom. Michigan would have played Penn State. TCU and USC would have put up one hundred and eighty five points. <laughs> Ohio State would have played Kansas State. Alabama and Utah would have slugged it out, and Tennessee and Clemson would have slugged it out. Hmm. Like. That that to me goes college football. You're doing it right by going to twelve because those are all games I'm going to tune in for because they're all going to be fucking good, which yeah. means you're going to make a lot of fucking money with us watching that. It'll be interesting to see what that looks like. So we'll get one more year of just the four teams this season, yep. right? And then next year they're going to next. experiment with this twelve team. So after the next year, it'll which. Be- I think that's fair because, I mean, you know, we just said there's been nine years now worth of data we can look at. So they'll do one more year. That's a whole decade worth of data with a four-team playoff. Yep. So if they have looked at all that and decided, you know what, after analyzing all the information, listening to all the arguments for and against, we want to bump it up to 12, I think that's fair. I mean, you've gone long enough at four. Like I said, it just surprised me that they didn't go to, like, eight first. I think and go like incrementally up, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I think how it goes. a lot of it comes down to um, they want it to be the Power Five conferences, so the Pac-12 because the Pac-12 hasn't been in there since Washington in like 2018 or something like that. It's been yeah. a while, um, but they want you know you want to get the Pac-12 winner. I think Utah should have been in there. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're a great team. The Pac-12 shot themselves in the foot this year. With yeah, with Utah beating game. USC. Yeah. But like I thought Utah deserved to be in there, but they're a two-loss team, so everyone's like, "Well, you can't look at them." Mm-hmm. You can argue that Bama deserved to be in there. Their two losses were two to two top-ranked opponents both on the road by 1 point Small three, margins, yeah. You know. Um so it I think 12 is good cuz you can kind of guarantee the the power fives will each be like, hey, you win your conference, you're in. You win and you're in. We're not saying, you know, if you win the Pac-12 and you have three losses, you might be the 12th seed. But we'll guarantee, you know, you win and you're in. Um, same with the ACC, right? I, I believe Clemson won the ACC championship. And they probably deserve to be in as well. Because you have Ohio State who they're a one-loss team, but they didn't win their conference. Bama, two-loss team, didn't win their conference. TCU lost their conference, but we're a one-loss team. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, how do you – do you put a two-loss Bama over a one-loss TCU? But then again, 
Um, I think we've touched on this before. If you play in your conference championship game and you lose, you shouldn't be punished for making your conference championship game right. and playing that right. extra game just because. Otherwise, if I was TCU, I'd be like, I'm we're what, twelve and oh? We're number two in the country right now. I'm not playing in my conference championship game. Because you don't want because, it to hurt because you. we're yeah. twelve and zero. We're gonna yeah. stay at number two. We're undefeated. Yeah. We'll rest up, and it's like that's not what people want to see, though. Right. So I think twelve gives you, hey, all Power Fives, you know, Pac twelve, ACC, Big Ten, Big Twelve, and SEC. You're all guaranteed a spot. Mm-hmm. Winners in. It could be a six and sixteen for all we fucking care, but winners in. And then it's just fucking best from there on out. You got seven other teams that can fill it in. Is that how it gets filled? Do you think? It's just con- conference championship I th- winners I think automatically be, in. Everyone I think else it'll be like the, um, the NCAA, like March Madness, where if you win your conferences, you get the automatic bid. Automatic bid, yeah. I think that would be a smart way to do it because then you still take the top seven teams outside of those conference champions. Right. And you're already getting, even if the conference champions aren't the best in their conference, which if you're a Power 5 conference champion, you're the best in your conference. Yeah. Um, you still get the seven other best teams in the country. So you're getting double what we already have. Yeah, so I mean the final 12 teams in the rankings this year, it would have been – well, it was Georgia, TCU, Michigan, Ohio State, Bama, Tennessee, Penn State, Washington. Is that Tulane? Yeah, because they beat USC. So I was looking at Fucking the crazy. Utah, Florida State, USC was the last. Right. So you're looking at the that was the final AP, AP right. top twenty five. Yeah. Right. So what I went off was the college football, which is what they ranked the the bowl games by. Yeah, I must be on the wrong thing. I don't know. Okay. No, no. This is just like this is how the season ended. Right. And this is where they rank teams going into next year. I'm just trying to get it to toggle the right way on ESPN. I'm looking on the app. Anyway, that's that's interesting though. Like that would be fuck, that's quite the expansion. <laughs> yeah, when you that's think why about I'm it, it's three like, times as big yeah, as what we I'm currently like, that's have. That's a lot more teams than we currently have. It's gonna but it's gonna be that's why I'm like, you know, Cincinnati what was that last year that Cincinnati made it? I think so. What year was that? Let me pull it back. Up. I think it was last year and I think they played Georgia. Let's see here. Um I think it was last year. They played Bama last year okay. in the Cotton Bowl for in the semifinal. But like they deserved to be there. Yeah. Like no one can say they didn't deserve to be there. They deserved they to be there. They were 13 and 0. And people are like, "Well, but they're not Power 5." I think Cincinnati's also moving to the Big 12 actually. Part of that realignment you wanted to talk about. That was one that I don't know if you remember. I don't know if you were in the room the night before my wedding. No, I was there last year when Swerve was talking about he just bet straight up on Cincinnati. Yeah. He didn't bet the spread or anything like that to beat Bama. He bet we, the money line. And we were all like, you're fucking high, man. <laughs> what are you talking about? I was like, I hope you're right. But hey, yeah, like, I was, all of us were like, I hope you're right. Like, I hope that bet pays out for you. But I am for sure, I don't yeah. think you're going to we, win. We were all like, sitting there just like, you know, sipping a beer here and there. And He was you know, so he, confident. Too. He, and I'm he like, came in and said that and we're like, I love your yeah. swagger, man, but that's a fucking insane bet. Because it was me, you, Swerve, and I think... King. Well, Sam was in there. Sam was in there too. Yeah, yeah. and I think maybe King, King no. and Darian probably. Well, King was probably asleep, but Darian I think was in there though. Yeah, yeah. And, and we, we were all just, just like, like watching it. We we're like, Bro, what are you talking about? No, and he's like, yeah, he had that confidence. <laughs> he had though. so much confidence. I'm like, look, I admire it, man, but they're not going to beat Bama. I'm just that's a fact. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. Now we get to have multiple of those games. True. Like 
Do you think a Georgia would have beat or a Washington would have beat Georgia? No. Now we'll get to find out though. So let's go let's go back here. So like in the semifinals in prior years, um wow, Florida State was in it that first year. Interesting. Oregon beat Florida State to make it to the title game. Um we had so these these are like the non non Bama's, non Georgia's, non Clemson teams that have made it. So we got like Florida State, Oregon, Oklahoma, Michigan State. Wow, I forgot about that. Bama beat Michigan State one year. Yep. Washington, mm-hmm. Oklahoma again, Oklahoma again, Oklahoma again. <laughs> uh, Notre Dame. That's right. They got it was they thir- got thir- thirty-one demolished. to fourteen. Bama beat Notre Dame one year. And then Cincinnati last year, and then we had TCU this year, obviously. And then Michigan's been sprinkling there a couple times as well. But um, I had totally forgotten that Michigan State made it one year. Yep. That was in 2015 to 2016. They lost 38 nothing to Bama. <laughs> so that's the thing is, like, these, <laughs> these non – like power, well, I guess not not non power five, Ten. but like non non SEC um, schools, non SEC <laughs> schools. When they do eke in there, if you're not like Clemson, you just you know, most of the time you end up getting right. fucking stomped, <laughs> which is it's, really demoralizing for like anyone from the Pac-12 or Big Ten or whatever. It's just like fuck. Well, till CU makes it this year, sure. And then we're just gonna fucking show everybody what the Pac-12 is all about. I think I've asked you this on another podcast already, but what is your and take? Please take all inherent bias out of this estimate what is your legitimate realistic estimate of their win total this upcoming 14 and zero jesus winning the national championship game we won undefeated now i would say i think we did discuss this a little bit because i mean they won i get all the excitement i totally get it they won one game last year well we overhauled our entire roster we have be quite the turnaround but like how big is that turnaround going to be is what i'm interested to see i would say a realistic my realistic expectation, and like I fully like this should happen, is bowl eligibility, at least six wins. Yeah, I think that's Minimum. perfectly reasonable in year yeah. one. Yeah. Um, I just looked at a recruiting list that they have coming up. They have five or like three to five five stars coming to campus, seventeen four stars, more three stars. They probably have some transfers that are coming to look too. The culture there at CU has changed. Um, and year one, it's kind of hard, <clears throat> especially I think they said that they expect there to probably be like 18 new starters from yeah. outside the program. Yeah. Well, and that's why I'm saying, not to interrupt your train of thought, but like that's why I'm saying this this next year is going to be so interesting to watch because it's like that first year is tough when you're coming in you're trying to just revamp everything. Well, not to mention, it's like, does that does that equivalate or does that mean that you're going to win like ten success. games or does that equal six well, games? Like what what is that? Well, take this into account too. Our first game is on the road at TCU. Ah. Then we get Nebraska and CSU at home. Then we're on the road at USC. And then they get Oregon. No, no, no. On the road at Oregon. And then they get USC at home. That's our first five games. That's Coach Prime's first five games in Boulder. Yeah. That's not easy. No. CSU should be the easy win. CSU, Nebraska. I would say Nebraska, you know, I'm not going to say should be a win, but like. They've been pretty rough these past few years. CU hasn't lost to them in like 1,400 days is what people keep saying since we moved to the Pac-12. It's pretty funny. (laughs) 
1400 days. But I would realistically say realistically say that we uh bowl eligibility should be like the very bottom of where they should be. Um uh, but then again, you know, an injury here and injury there could derail your whole season, right? You know, I saw Fox Sports has Shadur Sanders as the Heisman favorite already. The dude hasn't played a snap in in yeah, let's, a Power 5 football game, but Fox Sports has him as the, you know, preseason favorite for the Heisman. I will say though, I think he's the highest rated cornerback ever coming out of high school and Travis Hunter who transferred from Jackson State to CU. So you bring, you know, you could argue one of the best cornerbacks in the country over. Um, again, he hasn't played at the D1 level, but if those players have the talent, you know, if they're a 99-rated player, five-star coming out of um, high school and every college in the country wants them, clearly they've got the talent to be there. Uh, they just flipped Cormani McLean from Florida State – or no, from Miami, excuse me, to CU. And, again, cornerback's a position as a freshman you can come in and make an impact. Right. <clears throat> and he is, like, the ninth highest-ranked cornerback to ever come out of high school. So, like, they got a Clemson transfer. Their entire offensive line is going to be rebuilt. They brought in, like, two 6'8", 330-pound tackles. They brought in interior linemen, which are both, like, 320. They brought in a center that's, like, 310. Like, they brought in guys that are, like, we're going to be a physical force to deal with. They brought in D linemen. They're bringing in linebackers. You know, they brought in a safety from Arkansas who was, like, Arkansas's leading tackler last year. Like, they are bringing in good talent that want to play for Deion Sanders. But, again, it's year one. Everyone's moving to a new system, which means everyone's going to have to learn it. The nice thing is, though, is, like, your quarterback isn't coming in from an outside system. He's going to know who's there. But, I mean, this is look looking far ahead. Without USC and UCLA in the conference – and moving to a 12-team playoff, I would expect a healthy CU team to make the playoff in 2024. Hmm. It's not out of the realm of possibility, that's for sure. But you also have to remember, I'm also a CU fan, and we haven't sniffed success since 2016. <laughs> and even that was just one year of like, woo, we're a top 10 team, and then yeah, we were like, yeah. damn, we, back, we suck again. But... That I was, was when Sam was still playing at ASU. Yeah, that was when Philip. That was when you guys. I was going to go to the game with you guys because it's up in Boulder and Philip Lindsay and CU rushed for like four hundred yards against ASU. Like the first play of the yeah. game was like an eighty-three yard touchdown run from Philip Lindsay. And I was like, "Yes, here we go." And then like the next play of the game was like an ASU kickoff return for a touchdown or something. I was like, "Was that the one? Was that in Boulder?" Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a, it was a good game, but CU just fucking. Ran Are we going to ball. a game this next year? So Caleb and I were talking, and I think going to a game up at CU would be pretty cool. I'd be down. It's relatively cheap. All we got to do is buy the tickets and get up there. Yeah, it's the cheapest uh, mm. travel-wise. Yeah. The game, the tickets themselves might be expensive. That's okay. uh, Just Whatever. because he's going to be like – and that, that's one thing too, the hype around CU, and I know we're talking a lot about CU, but that's because that's the school I focus on. Um, there's a wait list for season tickets. They were like – in years past, we were at like 10%, and that's kind of where we expected to be. They're like, we were at like 78% capacity right now. And they're like, and we have like 10,000 plus on wait lists. 
and they're like, this isn't, this hasn't happened. Like we don't, we're, we're like overwhelmed. They're selling out of merch. They did like six, 700% more in merch sales He's, just since he signed. It's definitely a huge boost to that program. I, I, I will admit I, you know, I've lived in Colorado over 20 years. I've never given a flying fuck about CU or CSU. Um, but it's a fucking cool place to go watch games. Like we there went and watched, we went and watched them play USC. Was that, it wasn't last year, but the year before, uh, or it was not, not, year. no, 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 not last year. It was the year before. Year before. And it's like, it's a fucking gorgeous They're place. Beautiful it's an place. awesome place to watch. It's they, a great they, stadium. They rate it as the number one college town. Yeah. And it's like, it would be nice. I mean, at that game, USC, the one that we went to, USC kicked the shit out of them, nope. and like everyone left at halftime. Basically, <laughs> it would be nice to keep it full. That's what I'm saying. Is like full game, like SEC that, schools, like that, Bama, yeah. never empty. Right. That location and that venue deserves a team that are that's going to keep people keep that drunk student section in yep. the fucking in their seats. Right. All the way through the game. Yep. <laughs> well, and, and like, again, the hype Because if they're down, it, you know, 35 to 7 at halftime against right, USC, no one's, no one's fucking sticking right. around. But like the hype around the program, Kent State, who pushed Alabama at Alabama, their head coach was like, later, I'm going to go be the offensive coordinator at Colorado. And he wasn't fired. They didn't talk about letting him go. But he, go, he, he realized I could be the head coach at Kent State. Or I could go be an offensive coordinator at Colorado under Coach Prime. Yeah, well, I mean, it's... He left. There's another head coach. I, I think it was a D2 school or D1 AA. Same thing. He's like, I'm going to leave and go be an assistant under Coach Prime. Yeah, well, I mean, look, there were some uh, discussions, and we don't really have to get into this whole thing because particularly I'm not really all that interested in it. Um, but there were some discussions when that move was first announced where he was going to take the CU head coaching job where people were like, Kind of trying to like, you know, there were there were the detractors out there who were trying to like take shots at him for like abandoning Jackson State and all this kind of stuff. Right. And it's like, look, all things considered, football career wise and financially wise, that was the smart decision for him to do. And any other fucking coach in America would have done the exact same thing. This is this, this is this guy's career now. That's what fucking coaches right. do. You you move on to the next bigger, better, better paying job. That's what well, you so- do. So until you end up like Nick Saban and you're at Alabama and you have a dynasty and you right. make fifteen dollars, fifteen. But like you can you can build a dynasty at any program, right? It just yeah. depends where you want to be. He's a Florida State alum. Florida State finished top ten team. They're not looking to hire a new head coach. Realistically, and again, this comes down to like we had Midnight Mel who left for the bag at Michigan State, and clearly it hasn't been working out too well for Michigan State. Um. I watch so Deion Sanders. They do a lot of video. Like his son Deion Jr. films meetings, like all of this shit, and he uploads it to YouTube. I've been following and watching a lot of them because I want to see and learn who Deion is. Because like my dad's like, oh, I don't like him because you know he's a showman and showboat. But I watch a lot. I've watched like Deion's Hall of Fame induction ceremony, and he goes from the day I got made fun of because of what my mom did for an occupation. I told myself I'm going to retire her. Yeah. He goes, I'm going to do cool. whatever I can to retire my mom. Dude was arguably the greatest defensive back to ever play football. Ever. And that's like, that's saying something. I was going to say, that's a fucking long list of really good players. Right? So when he goes to Jackson State, I believe his salary was like $600,000. He goes, I didn't go there for the money. He goes, yeah. And, you know, he, he's got he, plenty of money. He goes, but. God, you know, he's he's a big man of, you know, religion. He's, he's very religious. And he goes, God tells me, you know. So he went there and he was there for, I, I believe, three years. Um, 
they were going to give him 600000 And this kind of touches where you didn't really want to talk, but just because I know a little bit more about it. And he turned, he used half of his salary to like revamp the weight rooms, build a new locker room, you know, help with some of the stadiums. Like he was putting his own money and investing it into the school. And then he started to realize like we have 60,000 people, 30,000 people in the stands, yet we only sold 10,000 tickets Hmm. or we only have money for 10,000 tickets. So where's the money? So then he started to realize like, wasn't the football program, but like the university itself was like, where's the, where's this money going? This should be going to the football program. That's where the money's being made from. Mm. So he started to realize like it was a corrupt, like there was corrupt corruption going on around yeah. everything. Which is not the first um, time that's ever happened well, in college football. <laughs> if, you, if you need an example, look at what just happened to Ed Reed at Bethune Cookman. I think it's Bethune Cookman. Uh, university, I've been seeing but, the, a little bit of this in the headlines, but I know literally nothing about it. So he had a contract with Bethune to be their head football coach, verbally agreed to and everything, and then they pulled it hmm. because they weren't ready to like make the uh, like amend the contract to specific things, and then they pulled it from under him. And he went on like a not a rant, but like he was frustrated because he like Dion. Dion goes, "I'm I don't care about the NIL. I care about the NFL." He goes, "I want you to be better men." out in the world than when you come in here. Was it, was that going to be Ed Reed's first head coaching game? I believe so. Okay. But it's another HBCU, you yeah. know. Those are historically underfunded programs. Mm-hmm. And until – like I didn't know Jackson State until Dion went there and no, then Dion became big. Yeah. I didn't even really – I didn't know what an HBCU was. And that's probably partially, you know, my fault for the ignorance. But at the same time, there's no – there's, there's no, no attention. Discussion there's no media discussion around until that, yeah. Dion went to Jackson State, right? And then it became like he shined a huge holy light shit. on it. Yeah, I never knew that there was an HBCU national championship game until it was on ESPN because Dion Sanders was in it. Right. He did a lot for HBCUs in Jackson State. Yeah, undeniably. Yeah. For he sure. went to CU and um, Shannon Sharp went up there and filmed his own like show. And on the show, Dion goes, "I turned down bigger offers." He goes, "This isn't about the money. I got my bag." Like. I'm yeah. set for life with money. Yeah. He goes, this was an opportunity that I felt was was right. Like, um, he explained that Rick George, the CU athletic director, and him connected as as people. He's like, we're he's a good person. I met his wife. They're great people. He goes, everyone I've met at CU is just they're great people, bro. They already have all of his sayings like painted. They got furniture. <laughs> they got everything. He's asking them to bring in like. They walk through the facilities and he's like, "All right, we're gonna change this. We're gonna do this. We're gonna." And they're like literally changing it in the weight room. They wanted like a whole nutrition center. Literally, it's under construction right now. Like <laughs> well, shit is getting done. And if there's ever a a college that has the type of booster money to get that type of stuff done, it's CU. Well, and the the sad thing is, those is you gotta think like. Not a lot of money has been funneled into that program because it's like, I'm not paying for a losing fucking team. Right, yeah. Well, you want to see your – as a booster, you want to see your money going towards something, right? And and it's also funny – Not a fucking one in 11 team. Right. <laughs> well, and it, but that's also, too, that hurt. CU has, like, besides maybe Stanford, they had, like, the strictest curriculum for, like, transfers. And Dion, as part of his contract, I believe, said this had to be changed so he could obviously get transfers to come in because it's like – Oh, you don't want to be a fucking aerospace engineer? And kids like, <laughs> not really. They're like, well, and fucking go to Alabama and play. And the kids like, okay, yeah, yeah. So like, they changed their like curriculum to allow more credits to be transferred in, and like, mm. 
I think they're adding more academic programs, which is going to make CU a lot more of a desirable destination academically as well. So, like, <laughs> he came in and he's like, this is my list of shit that needs to get done. And CU was like, yep, we'll do it. Well, it's been, that's been one of the biggest stories of the offseason. Dude, so far. no one talked about CU besides on the the uh, ESPN article that talked about the the worst college oh yeah programs where New Mexico Colorado, State used to frequent yeah, all it the was time, Colorado right. duh Colorado duh yeah Colorado duh the bottom State. the bottom ten list. right yeah they right. were there that was it no one else was talking about them and now it's like everywhere and you got to think um, Fowler I can't remember his fucking first name right now dude I draw blanks when I like need to know people <laughs> isn't that the worst um, for a ESPN I believe oh yeah uh, the, with you, Kirk Herbstreit the analyst yeah yeah he's a CU alum okay Joel I Clatt, like Fowler yeah. CU alum we're going to see college game day in Boulder. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Can you imagine that fucking campus for Dude, college game college day? game day will be in Boulder. Oh, boy. Because that's all people talk about college football-wise. Yeah. And the fact that Stetson Bennett's like 47 years old. Right. Please tell me he's graduating. Is he graduating? Yeah. He- <laughs> so I keep seeing jokes that he's like, yeah, he just applied for like an eighth-year red-shirted, <laughs> gray-shirted, broken toenail something. And he's I'm just like, going to come back and play his eighth season in college football? Bro, if he does, I'd be like, all right, see you to the college football playoff in a year later. Come on. Yeah, yeah. But no, like going back to see you real quick, just because that's, you know, that's where my heart is. Dude, this is your time to shine. It's... If you want to know like some things about it, go watch some of like the the videos on YouTube. They're like 14, 15 minute like vlog type videos. I've been seeing it just peripherally, real like brief clips on Instagram and stuff like that. And it's like again, I think the only reason I'm not paying more attention is just because I don't really care about CU. If I had gone there, or if I like had family members who group who went there, it might be a different story. But my College football attention always gets paid towards ASU and New Mexico State because that's where Sam went. That's where right. I went. But um, see, I like my brother watched CU, but he didn't really care. Like I got my dad cheered for CU because he went there. My grandma went to CU, and so growing up, that was like so you already had. I, some I watched CU and football, yeah. Yeah. and so it just became like and that's who I got attached to, and and I don't sway my allegiance. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like I've been CU through and through. I was going to go there, and then I realized academically it wasn't for me, so I made the smart decision not to waste my parents' money at CU. Oh, it's fucking pricey. I know and go much. to Western instead. Yeah. But, like, CU is where, like, I follow their basketball team. I follow their football team. Like, yeah. I'm CU through and through. Here, here's a random – this is just, like, a sports in general question for you. So I saw something the other day. It was, like, it was like this, this woman was making fun of men, basically just, like – picking their sports team allegiance when they're like 15 years old and just never wavering from that regardless of how much success that team ever has they're just like fuck it i'm a browns fan that's just it is what it is (laughs) putting a brown bag on my (laughs) head and going to the game it is what it is i'm a browns fan i'll wear this you know and uh i've always found that to be hilarious but what what would it really is true but like there are examples where people give up on that like one one that i know personally Taya's dad, Chuck, was the, a lifetime – well, I guess maybe not lifetime, but for years and years and years and years was a Broncos fan because mm-hmm. he they had moved from Boston to here and he had lived here. He's lived here like most of his life. Right. And 
he can tell you to this day, you can ask him, hey, when did you quit being a Broncos fan? And he'll tell you the game and the quarter and what season it was and who was playing quarterback. And he'll be like, that was it. That was just the last straw. I said, fuck it. And then he started rooting for the Patriots because he's obviously from Boston. Right. So he had and, ties. Right. He had ties. So it wasn't just like, I'm going to go pick the best team in the NFL. And that's, that's what right. I'm rooting for He's not going to be a bandwagon. Yeah. But obviously, he's had a lot better go of things in the last 10 to 15 years than he would have if he was a Broncos fan. So my point, But the Broncos organization historically has always been a great right, franchise. Right. So my point being, there is a limit. Some people do have a limit where they're just like, you know what? Fuck you. You've burned me so many times. I'm done. I just I give up. What do you think it would take for you to do that with like CU or the Denver Broncos or the Avs or whoever you're rooting for? Oh, dude, it'd have to be like... I mean that I'm, I'm imagining for you it'd have to be like it would it have to like, be like a decade yeah. or more of just like terrible fucking seasons. I mean I've been a CU fan since I was born and they've had terrible seasons since the early 2000s. True. So like 20 years I've hurt for them. Right. I mean, oh shit, I don't know. Like the <laughs> you're average, pretty much just a lifer. It's just gonna yeah. Be, I, I would it say is I'm, what it I'm, is. A, yeah. I'm a lifer. My allegiance will. I don't think my allegiance for the avalanche and Broncos and CU will ever sway. Um, but like when I have kids, you know, if, if they go play college ball somewhere, like I'm going to root for that team. Yeah. But, but like, still I'm still going to be, yeah, I'm still going to watch the CU game All on right, Saturday yeah, enough, yeah. and then I'll, you know, unless my kids play and then I'll watch his game or her game or whatever. But yeah. like, I don't think I could sway. Like I, I went through the dumps with like the avalanche have been in Colorado the year I was born, or the year after I guess I was born, um, they've won three Stanley Cups, and they had a 48-point season. So for those of you that don't know, in the NHL, you get two points per win, <laughs> and you get one point for an overtime or shootout loss. Okay. Um, they play 82 games. So there's, a what is that, 164 possible points. And they had they had a and they had forty eight, which historically in the NHL is like the fifth lowest ever in the <laughs> NHL. Ever that's pretty bad. That's about as bad as it gets. And that's salary cap era, right? That's when like yeah. the playing field's trying to be as equal as possible. That's rock bottom. Like yeah, you can only go lower by losing more games. Right. <clears throat> but then the year after that, they made the playoffs. The year after that, they made the playoffs and upset in the first round. The year after that, they made the playoffs, made it to the second round again. So there's and usually then they won the like Stanley Cup. some glimmer of hope and like some little carrot gets dangled. Right. It, I mean, as an As fan, I sat there and I was like, I wanted the head coach fired. And people were talking about trading away like Gabriel Landeskog, who's the captain, Nathan McKinnon, who's a top two player in the NHL right now. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, let's take a step back, though, and let's look at the situation. Like, you have to start to realize, like, you can't just be a fan all the time and not understand what's going on. Like the inner workings and stuff. Right. Patrick Waugh stepped down as the head coach, and Jared Bednar got hired, I think, in, like, August. The season starts in September. That's a fucking quick turnaround for mm -hmm. anybody in any sport, at any position, to just go from coaching. I believe he was in the AHL at the time because I think he's the only head coach to win at all major levels. Um so he goes from AHL to NHL, but he doesn't know his players. He doesn't know his roster. It's not built for his system. So he has McKinnon playing on like the penalty kill, and McKinnon's not a penalty killer. He's not a shot blocker. 
He's not a really defensive forward. He's an attacker. He's a scorer. You know, he's pushed the pace, one of the fastest skaters in the league. And then when Bednar could build the roster kind of with his system, you started to see like, oh, shit, like he's putting people in the right place to succeed and his team's working. You go from 48 points, arguably the worst ever, to in the playoffs the next season, to then people are like, holy shit, this this is a team you got to look out for, to then Stanley Cup favorites, to like being upset, to then winning the Stanley Cup, and now being Stanley Cup favorites again. Like Sometimes you got to go through that fucking valley of yeah. doom. To, yeah. to Like Broncos right now, bro, it's been fucking seven years. We're in a valley of doom right now, that's for sure. Like we're literally in a fucking dumpster fire, and we're on to another head coach. Yeah, it's been bad. It's been really bad. And it's like, I want to give up on the Broncos, but literally nothing will let me give up. Every Sunday, I don't miss a fucking snap. See, that's like, where you and I differ. This year, especially, like the first half of the year, I watched every single game. And then after a while, I was just like, I can't fucking do this anymore. See, and like, I'm, I'm still tracking all the scores and all that. I watch highlights, but it's like, I'm not tuning in. It's going to be terrible. They're going to play like shit, and they're going to lose. I don't need to fucking waste three hours on this. See, you know and that's I mean? where I, like, I realize, like, like Avalanche, they're not playing tonight, so they're not on in my house. They play tomorrow night, though. They'll probably be on in my house, you know? Even if I'm not, like, fully focused on them, because there's 82 games, and there's a lot to focus that's on every lot, night. Dude. But, like, they're my teams, bro. Like, I, I just... I don't I don't like missing CU games. I don't like missing Bronco games and I prefer not to miss Avs games, but again, they play like playoff games I I have to watch. <laughs> but regular season games I'm okay if I miss it. But just yeah, I don't I really don't know what would take me away from from cheering for my team. Like even if my kid was in the Super Bowl against my team, like it would be really cool to watch my kid win a Super Bowl. But at the same time, like a Broncos Super Bowl, like <laughs> would be pretty fucking sick oh, too. Oh man, you'd have to have one of those split jerseys. Like one half would be the Broncos, one half. I uh, just wear the Broncos. <laughs> or be, or jersey like, that's my Broncos dad. jersey beanie for the other team yeah. or something. He'd be like, yeah. "That's my fucking dad up there." And he'd be like, "He bet against us." Be like fuck yeah, I did, son. Go Broncos. But well, no, we I, uh, we deviated a little bit from the college football talk, but uh, yeah, I would never give up on CU. And now that Coach Prime's there, who knows how many fucking bandwagon assholes are going to be there. Oh, I've been My guess for. is a lot. My guess is a lot. Like, you guys can vouch. I've been a CU fan since oh, you've yeah. known me. Oh, yeah. Going back to high school pictures. Dude, signing day, okay? There's a picture of Ariana, Brandon, and me, I believe, and you at Thunder Ridge. Ariana's in an ASU. I'm in my Colorado hoodie. You're in a New Mexico State shirt, and Brandon's in, like, a Western long I know. Sleeve. Yeah, I know what And someone commented, about. like, Wait, you guys all committed, and they're like, "Who? What did the guy in the Colorado hoodie commit for?" And I think <laughs> I commented like football, <laughs> just to be a prick. But it's like I've been a CU fan. I've it's been a long time, a long fucking time. Although yeah. I will say one thing, and uh, James, my nephew, if you ever listen to this, or Ryan, if you're listening to this, if your son goes to Texas A and M, I will not support him in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> I will if he wants me at his game. I will wear whoever they're playing against uniform, like head to toe. I'll be in. I'll like. I'll go buy a helmet, shoulder pads, and everything, and just roll in and just be ready to hit him. As A and M. I fucking hate. Why do you Texas hate A and M so much? I don't know. I just like. I hate him. I can't fucking stand that school. Where did this come from? Where did this it's, hatred come from? It's Nebraska is the fucking worst. Because as a CU fan, I was born and raised to hate Nebraska. Right. And in Nebraska, it's just. 
everyone's like, oh, the Cornhuskers. It's like, fucking suck again. You guys have, haven't been relevant since the early 2000s, too. Like, yeah. shut the fuck up. Like, I know CU sucks, but you guys need to admit Nebraska sucks. Just fucking admit it. Like, live with it. It's fucking fact. <laughs> Uh, and then I just I fucking hate A&M I don't know I just fucking hate him and it doesn't help though that's so interesting that man. like I have this hatred for A&M and then my sister-in-law graduated from A&M oh so. great great so like when I'm at their house if there's like an A&M coaster I flip it upside down <laughs> and she thought <laughs> so I took petty. her A&M diploma off the wall and I'm like I, I would probably drop it and like broke the frame or whatever and I'm like I know it's just a piece of paper but I'm not going to I'm not gonna like break something like that. Jesus. But like I unplug like anything that I see that's an A and M and will like hide it. <laughs> just because I'm like fuck this. It's so strange that this is just random hatred. I mean, everybody Dude. hates Bama who aren't Bama fans, but uh, like fucking roll tide. A and M is just such a random. I feel like I don't know. I didn't like them because they were used to be in the Big Twelve against CU, so I didn't like any Big Twelve schools. And then I just. You probably did. You, I, I'm assuming you weren't a Johnny Football guy. I fucking hated that. So guy. that made it even worse. That made it worse. There, yeah. And then I just they gave Jimbo Fisher a fucking ten year, hundred million dollar contract, <sighs> and I just laughed in their face. I'm like, that's the biggest mistake you're ever gonna fucking make. And so far, not so good. That we've talked about that on previous episodes about we could make an entire episode about ridiculous sports contracts that I I that's got to be will never sensitive. understand. Even coaches, but especially athletes, signing someone to a decade-long contract. It just does not make any sense at all in my mind. So It never will. I know we'll talk NFL later, but it's probably going to be more about Super Bowl and stuff like that. Speaking of contracts, I brought this up to some other people. Would you be will, like? Would you give Joe Burrow a 10-year contract right now? No, I wouldn't give anyone a 10-year contract. Five years maximum. It doesn't make any sense to Shit, sign someone bro. to a 10-year contract. Think about where you were a decade ago and how much shit has happened and how much <laughs> you've changed. I was in a your freshman life. in college, baby. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's what I mean. So, like, do you think over that time period you could do anything consistently that good? Yeah, I've gained weight that whole time. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people are, <laughs> would probably be able to do that thing. But it's like, I don't know, man. Like, with anyone, if it's Mahomes. Like, yeah, he's playing at an elite level now. That could change at the drop of a hat. He could be dog shit in two years. I mean, in hindsight, you go, man, we should have signed him long term. But, yeah, I mean, like, like, like really, we'll, the we'll only, use the Broncos, for the example. Only, the only Let person, Russell play one year and then see what his oh fucking values God, are. Yeah, we could have probably signed him for, like, $75 <laughs> after the season. And everyone would have been like, that's probably market value for him. We would have maybe right. given him 60 Start off with, like, a... Two-year contract for him. Right. And then go, let's see how you do first couple years, then we'll extend you, whatever. I, I don't know, man. We, like, we could have – we should honestly do, a sports do an entire uh, episode on just that because there have been some ridiculous well, – and most of them, I would say, end up being complete fucking disasters. So Guys just get the fucking Brinks truck backed up to their house and then never play well ever again. So think of this. Totally off topic, but same – like sports contract. Cristiano Ronaldo, who's 37, signed a two-year, $400 million contract. Dude, the money in With international a Saudi Arabian team. Then again, it's Saudi Arabia where they just have like they got zillions of dollars. Ass with, yeah. But $200 million per year to play, oh to play soccer over there. <laughs> At age 37. At age 37. It's not exactly he, like he's in his prime. No, I mean, he's still fucking people up in yeah. soccer terms, but like... But he's not in his prime. Right. But 
200 million per year. Dude, well, what I was about to say is like the only person in hindsight that a decade-long contract would have made sense for is Tom Brady. Tom Brady's had consistent success for two decades. That makes sense, but we only know that in hindsight, and that's because he's a fucking freak of nature and is total out of the norm. That is not what usually happens with people. He is is an abnormality. Well, I mean, you're going to sign someone to a 10-year deal... Chances are, in 10 years, they're not going to be nearly as prolific as they are now. In fact, chances are, in like four more years, they're probably not going to be nearly as prolific well, as they are Well, that's where like now. football and like basketball, you only see five-year contracts, right? Yeah. Like football, you really don't see maybe a six-year every once in a while. But Especially it's like- basketball makes a little bit more sense. Baseball makes a little bit more sense because there's the wear and tear on those guys' bodies is so much less drastic than it is in the NFL. Right, the physical But in the tear, NFL, it's like, God... Like, who's to say this guy's even going to be able to fucking lace his cleats up in four right. years? You know what I mean? Like, well, especially like a running back, I wouldn't give them more than a two or three year contract right. every yeah. time. I'd I be mean, like, work down and keep you forever, time. but like, yeah, three years because if you have two ACL tears, yeah, your done. career's over. You're like, done. We yeah. don't want to be tied to this money. But like NHL, they sign fucking like ten year, eight year, ten year. But NHL's <sighs> a little bit know. different because. There's still like Alexander Ovechkin is I think they said he's 84 and I think he's 83 goals off from setting the all-time NHL goals record. Holy shit. Beating Wayne Gretzky. That dude is like 712 years old. <laughs> no, he's fucking old though, but he's only missed 40 games in his entire NHL career. So wow. he's like an iron man. Yeah. And it's like his skill doesn't it, with his age it didn't go away like but he's another one of those guys where that's that's not the norm. Like he, but like Sidney Crosby, his skill hasn't gone away. Like a lot of these older like NHL players, their skill doesn't go away. It's just they can't skate with some of these young right, kids. They get slower, but yeah, they can still play the position the way they played it before and be just as a, as effective. Yeah, like it's just I don't but know. It's I just so hard. well, and and then here's apart from whether or not that player is going to be effective in another decade. Here's my thing: is like a lot of the ones you see in baseball end up being, oh, we've signed this guy to a 10-year-long contract, but, but he we didn't can, fucking trade him away in two years. Right. Or we signed him to a 10-year contract, but we have an out after a year. Right. So it's like... <laughs> it's like so, so you signed him to a one-year contract. Right. So you signed him to a nine one or two-year contract. So what are we even talking about here? Like, right. why are you saying, oh, biggest contract ever, 10 years, fucking $900 million. It's like, right. not really. He's going to be gone in two years. Well, it's like the Julio Rodriguez, It doesn't I make believe. any sense. He signed that eight-year, like $400 million contract. As a, like, this is his first year ever in the MLB. That was the one. But they were like, he's the team has an option after like year one and three. And then after year three, it's like, okay, we're gonna pick your the rest of your contract up, and then there's like a player option after year six. It's like so you're telling me this is more like a two year by right. two year by three year contract, and they're Which, like pretty much, and it's like, okay, well so, that fucking makes sense. Yeah, then. so then just sign him to a two year deal, and then sign him to a two year extension. And Baseball also doesn't have a salary cap, so they don't give a fuck about me. I don't know. It's just it's never made any sense. Like every time I read that, I'm just kind of like, okay, well, this is not real. Like, what are we talking about? Well, you know what I mean, like jumping back kind of off the salaries, but with the salaries, what would you like? I don't want Sean Payton as the Broncos head coach. I want D'Amico Ryan's, but Sean Payton apparently wants 25 mil a year. Now the Broncos. Their coaching pockets are as deep as they want to be. You know, we're the, we have the richest owners in the NFL, and that shit doesn't go against salary cap, so you don't have to fucking worry about it. Would you pay twenty five million for any coach in the NFL right now? Like, 
You get any coach here, would you pay that much money for it? Uh, I don't think so. That's a lot of fucking money. What were we playing Hackett for his fucking... Like four. 14 game service. Like four million. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. And like I think Belichick's making 20 million. Yeah. I guess Harbaugh was going to re- require 20 million to come from Michigan, and I'm glad we didn't get him. It almost seems like for a guy like that, the money's bigger and your chances of success are more in college. Right. Just stay there. I think... Uh, realistically, as a Bronco fan, D'Amico Ryans would be my pick. Who's D'Amico Ryans? He's the 49ers defensive coordinator. Oh, okay. okay. He would be my pick for head coach if he can keep Agirio Evero as defensive coordinator. But then it becomes, how do you build – you got to bring in an offensive staff that can fucking fix Russell Wilson's ass. <laughs> yeah. Because that's Again, a fucking quarter-billion-dollar mistake right, so far. Right, yeah. That's another one we can table that for another discussion. We could just literally have a Russell Wilson episode. With so Melvin Gordon trickled in. We this was a very CU centric and heavy podcast. We just did. it's college football. It, it was it was fun though. I'm glad we did like a little recap for the season. Um, we should probably kind of wrap this up. I gotta pee and get out of here. But, I gotta uh, pee. How's it feel to be an all American? I gotta. Pay. I gotta pee. <laughs> yeah, I'm not like Forrest Gump. Drink eight Dr. Peppers before we came in here. Um, but next week, so thanks everybody for tuning in. Next week, I think we're going to do a Super Bowl. Well, next time. I shouldn't say next week. Next time, we're going to do a Super Bowl preview because we got the AFC and NFC Championship games coming up this weekend. So we'll know what the Super Bowl matchup is. We did a Super Bowl preview episode last year. We'll probably do the same thing again this year. And then we'll probably do like an NFL recap. Right, before we jump real quick, that. predictions for the weekend. Well... AFC, like we were, what we were just talking about, I would really like to see Burrow take the Bengals back to the Super Bowl. Because like you said, last year I was pulling for Stafford. I've always been a Stafford fan. I've always felt like any of the hate that that guy got was unjust. I had him in fantasy multiple years. I've always been pulling for that guy. I always fucking love Stafford. So it's nice to see that he got his title. The Rams were terrible this year, but that's beside the point. Um, so it would be nice to see. So I was like kind of rooting against Burrow last year. I would be really pulling for him this year. And, you know, we watched last week's game, and uh, Mahomes' ankle's fucking really banged nah, up. Nah, dude, he said he's good to go. Mm, well, but if, he, he said that in the game, too, and came back in the game, and then he was, like, fucking limping around on one leg the rest of the game, too. Right. I mean, can he play? Sure. Is he Patrick Mahomes? I don't know. I mean, he a lot of his mobility is very key to his success. And if he's fucking you limping around on one leg the, out yeah, there, you pressure the quarterback. That's not he's not going to be as successful. And say what you want about the Chiefs, the Chiefs are amazing. But if Patrick Mahomes is not playing, that's a totally different team you're playing. I mean, I also it believe totally changes the aspect of that game. Right. I also think the Chiefs have given up the most passing touchdowns in the NFL this year, and Joe Burrow was slinging that bitch Dude. against the fucking Bills. So. I don't know. I I am pulling for, and I think the Bengals honestly might upset the Chiefs. And I, I would not be saying that if Mahomes was not banged up. Because I think Mahomes not banged up, they have looked really fucking good this year again. But he's he's legitimately hurt. I mean, anyone who watched that game, his oh, ankle's A high ankle up. sprain is almost worse than a broken ankle. Yeah, and I've had a high ankle sprain before. They're not fun. And you your right. mobility and it's is his, shit. It's his back leg. It's his right leg. So that, it's his plant leg. That's what I mean, dude. It's and like if, this is this is going to severely affect his ability to play at a high level. Yeah, I mean- Or I'm, at, at his high level. I'm cheering level. for the Bengals the whole way. So like, I'm going to go Bengals, so, Niners. Okay, so I'm going Bengals. And then on the other side in the NFC- that, this is a tougher one. 
I'm honestly pulling for the Eagles. <laughs> so I'm going to go opposite of you. I'm, I'm going Eagles over the Niners. Um, I like – I was not a Jalen Hurts fan when he was at Alabama, but the minute he left Alabama and went to Oklahoma, and ever since then in the NFL, I've been a fan of his. Um, and the Eagles have been really fucking good They've all year. They've been the most complete team so far. They've been the most complete team all year. The Niners, honestly, what they're doing is remarkable with all the fucking Mr. injuries Irrelevant. they've had. And, yeah, and, and playing with, like, he's, what, their third quarterback this year? Third string quarterback. Pick 256. And he's a rookie. Craziness. I mean, that would be a cool story, but, like, I don't really have any particular allegiances to the 49ers, and they're not, like, I, they, I don't get, like, excited to be like, oh, the Niners are playing today. I mean, I like McCaffrey. Right. That's about it. You know, that's where it's stopped. Realistically, I just stops, I want the Bengals to win the Super Bowl this year. So I'm going – my predictions for this weekend are Bengals-Eagles. So that would put us to a Bengals-Eagles Super Bowl. And then I, I'd be pulling for Joe Burrow, but I'd be – if I was a betting man, I'd probably be betting on the Eagles. I think right now I would bet the, the Bengals to win it all. They, I think, they I think the Eagles could. have been the most complete team this year, but I also think the – the Eagles have been a little more inconsistent, and the they Bengals have, have become like. And it seems like the Bengals are are getting stronger. Right, they're at, like towards the end of the season and into the playoffs. They're playing better, which but, is always a good sign. They're trending upward. But if it is Eagles Bengals, the Bengals offensive line sucks ass again, mm-hmm. and the Eagles pressure the quarterback and like lead the league in sacks or something like second or third in yeah. sacks. But say, I think the Chiefs are first in sacks. Like, I don't know. I want the Bengals to win. I want Joe Burrow to win. I think they have the weapons to do it. Their defense is fucking playing lights out right now. And the Chiefs have the worst defense out of the remaining three teams. The Bengals defense, the uh, Eagles, and the 49ers. Like, Eagles 49ers, I would bet the under on. Like, those defenses are fucking good. I think it'll be a a low-scoring game. Well, you heard it here first, just browsing listeners. We're calling – Bengals (laughs) 31-17 over the the Chiefs. And I'm going to say Niners win in a 17-14 – Missed field goal opportunity by the Eagles. Mm, I could see that easily happening. All right, so we'll check back next time and see if we're right. We'll do a Super Bowl preview after the conference championship games this year. I should have wrote those numbers down. Just just listen back to the – just skip all the way to the end of this episode when you listen back to it and you'll know. Nope, I got a notepad right here. What did Um, I say? 31-17 Bengals? Yeah, and then you said 17-14 Niners with like a last-second field goal miss. So we'll see. Um, but thanks for tuning in, everybody. Um, this has been, you know, mostly college football, a little bit of sprinkled in some other sports talk, which tends tends to happen when we start talking sports. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so next time, tune in. Um, all you NFL fans out there, check out the AFC and NFC Conference Championship games this weekend. We'll check back with you guys next time, see if our predictions were right, and we'll do a little Super Bowl preview and yeah. see how that see how that goes. So because then we have like another two and a half weeks or whatever to wait until the Super Bowl is actually yep. played. And then we can do one after yeah. that, and then so. we can do who knows what. Yeah, and then the world then is our oyster. We can do an NHL we'll do one. Simulation Theory Part 3. <laughs> Bro, I won't even bring it up. <laughs> okay, all right. Signing off. Thanks, everybody, for tuning yep, in. Thank you. We appreciate your love and support. And we'll next uh, time. talk at you later. Love you. Bye-bye.